You're listening to Never Sleeps Network. Hey, it's Bilal Vakani at BilalV87 on Twitter. AW Dynamite, they can't get the basics right. They opened with their cute little mini pyro, which looks like you and I could have done it in our backyards. Not that I have a backyard. Jim Ross told us something about Tony Schiavone, which I listened to twice. I have no idea what the hell JR is even saying. Let this man retire. Again, I listened to this twice, maybe three times. I couldn't figure it out. We had the tag team tournament continuing in the slowest math method possible. SCU, without Scorpio Sky, for some reason, came out. They were jumped by the Lucha Bros, who I thought were good guys, but maybe that's just, I would like luchadors. Scorpio Sky came out to make the save. Apparently, the third member wasn't allowed at ringside during tournament matches. It's as if these guys have never watched wrestling before. Like, you have other opponents in the tournament ringside, so why not a third member from the team? There's disqualifications in a time limit. Whatever. After an entirety, it was four minutes into the show before they finally, and this was so obvious from the start, uh, as soon as the attack started at least, which was only a minute into the show, that Scorpio Sky would take the place of whichever member of SCU, uh, I'm pretty sure it's Christopher Daniels, was taken out, uh, which, again, took way too long. Now, as soon as we figured this out, the match wasn't actually with the Lucha Brothers. It was with the best friends. And needless to say, if about five minutes have been spent on just, you know, whatever, a 30-second intro and the rest of it was all SCU and the Lucha Brothers, you better bet the best friends didn't win. And sure enough, they didn't. This was a pretty good match, actually, in terms of wrestling. It's funny, during this match, I'm like, well, uh, are we ever going to hear about Jungle Express? And they sort of teased it about five minutes later, so some stuff's working. The replay graphics were there at the start of the match. They disappeared after the match. Like, if you do a damn replay, show the bloody graphics, you idiots. Ugh. Uh, I also started to realize all of AEW's music is awful. And in fairness, Jim Johnson, and he's not even working with WWE anymore, some of the entrance songs he has created, and even... Some of the modern interpretations after him, like the Wyatt entrance for The Fiend since he's come back, are epic. I can't say that about anything on AEW music, and I'll get to that more later. These were just sort of generic, like the S, the SCU song was just like, SCU, we're the SCU book, okay. Anyways, once this match was over, they did a picture-in-picture, picture, which, you know, started on the best friends being sad they lost, okay. Then went to a wide shot, then went black for quite a while then went to lax backstage okay and then skipped through the entrance of their opponents entirely including their graphic which i couldn't read and then it went back to a wide shot it was the worst use of pitcher and pitcher i have ever seen during an effing sports broadcast in my life and i watched the entire formula one calendar so and they do that every race but they're not morons they know how to put interesting stuff on the screen and they don't just cut to some generic wide shot which is impossible to make heads or tails of in a picture in picture like what a bunch of idiots let alone a black screen we come back there's no announcement of who's in the ring jim ross says some i don't even know what and he wastes about 10 seconds we get santana and ortiz's music they're the backstory that we get from the three commentators through their long entrance it really is just them being gangsters and it's just generic as all hell they talk about them being part of the inner circle with jericho 
how they've made an impact. They're talented. They're dangerous. They're unconscious. They have no consciousness. And apparently that's why Jericho picked them. We still don't know who the F's in the ring. The bell rings. We still don't know who the opponents are. Like, it has not been graphic <coughs> or spoken once what the name of these two poor jobbers are. As they start to get attacked, the play-by-play -play finally turns on and they inform us one is Johnny Silver and the other is John Russell. I think, or Runnels, I don't even really know. I don't care at this point. The match has started and you fail to establish who the F these guys are. The WWE can get this done with jobbers. Between graphics and a backstory, they get it done. Anyways. I, I, uh, like... Then during the match, instead of explaining who the hell these guys are, they started reading out their live events, and they did this about every other damn match. Stop being so thirsty with your ticket sales. I know you guys aren't selling out the way WWE is, and you're picking these smaller venues. I think this show took place in some university. Just shut up. Stop reading. Ooh, we're going to be in Iowa next. I can read, okay? You're focused on doing commentary because you're doing a crappy job at it. I don't even know who half the people in the ring are. Stop reading me ads when you haven't even established what the actual feature is. Can you imagine? You go to a movie, and before you know who the antagonist is, they start telling you what movie's playing next week. And I'm not talking about previews. I'm talking about during the movie. Oh, my God. Um, they keep... They spend the entire match just selling Santana and Ortiz, basically saying the same crap over and over again. Um, why Jericho picked them on the inner circle. They're too much. They're mentally unstable. And by the way, this is the team that's not part of the tag team tournament. And this tag team match is not part of the tag team tournament. Because these guys showed up after some arbitrary deadline before the first AEW episode. Uh, the uh, Obviously Santana and Ortiz win. I don't even need to bother. And the match was really nothing. It's a squash match, which I don't know how you... You only have had three weeks of programming and you're already resorting to WWE-like squashes. You can't even get it right. The audio starts cutting out after the match. Eventually, we go to Jericho backstage. He's on some... I don't even know if it's a green screen or just a really crappy sign. The audio cuts out again. But basically, Jericho saying LAX are so great. And they're going to take on the Young Bucks. Because, you know, the Young Bucks are the best. By the way, all I've seen them do is lose on AEW. You know, the best wrestlers in the world. 0-1 on AEW Dynamite. And, of course, we hear Santana Ortiz. I don't really care. Yelling, we're the best. Over Jericho's promo. Where have we heard that before? Oh yeah, you know, just Sammy Guevara and the Young Bucks. Every damn person in AEW thinks they're the best, and they're not. Cody Rhodes and Brandy Rhodes had some weird video package, which started out with Brandy talking about their schedule, and media interviews, which is about the most boring premise for a promo I could think of in my entire brain. And then she had some line, they go to some documentary type thing, BS, where she says... Oh, Cody's the most passionate person ever. And just immediately relates that to him facing Jericho. Is he going to have sex with Jericho? What are you talking about? And then we do hear from DDP. And I love DDP. He's been on our Sirius XM show. Awesome guy. He actually gave this some weight. Then we go to Michelle Runnels. With no graphic. Just her name. So I'm assuming she's Terry Reynolds' sister. No, seriously. I think it's Cody's mom. But I actually don't know. And I'm not going to effing Googling it. You had two hours to get this crap figured out. And I just don't care anymore. MJF, who is supposed to be the biggest heel in wrestling, is here kissing the beloved company man's uh, butt. 
So he's totally ruined his chance to be the next guy that all the marks are marking out on. By the way, MJF was too lazy to even tuck the cable of his mic into his scarf. So you just have a massive wire coming out of his scarf. It's one of the worst mic connections to a person I've seen in about 10 years. Probably back when I was in university. What a joker. Uh, moving on, we also heard, uh, let's see, we got MJF. JR, because he hasn't talked enough. Let this man retire. Tony Schiavone. Like, I'm sorry, if this was Triple H, and you cut to Triple H and Stephanie McMahon talking about their media schedule and how hard it is, and then you went straight to, you know, okay, yeah, you could probably find somebody like Ric Flair. That would be good. And then you went to Triple H's mom? And then you went to The Miz? And then you went to Michael Cole and Corey Graves? That'd be garbage. And I know there's a lot of fanboys for AEW, and you're like, oh, this was so great. It was like a documentary. Yeah, it's like the worst documentary you could ever make. What a piece of trash. Uh, we got some montage of Cody training and maybe tanning. I couldn't tell if he was in some blue entrance way or he was tanning because the this shot on an angle and it's way too dark. I don't know what the hell the point of Like, either way, it doesn't really... The tan's definitely not going to help him. And standing in the entrance lights of the ring, I don't know. Like, this whole thing didn't... Like, very... Like, the DDP stuff, if it was just DDP commenting on Cody Rhodes, perfect. Everything else? Crap. Anyway, speaking of which, Dr. Britt Baker DMD, which I don't know what that stands for. I don't care. She took on Rio for the women's title. And I just am at a loss. Um... Who was the heel in this match? Was it Rio? Or was it the doctor? And it's got worse. Because at one point the commentator said this was the first women's title match. Then what match did Rio win the title from Nyla Rose? Did I imagine that? Or did the commentators just forget that was a match? They went on to say these two had never competed in singles action. Then why in the blue hell is Britt Baker in this match? She doesn't dislike Rio. She didn't win a match against Rio. They tag-teamed together successfully. What? Like, why did this exist? Anyways, the finish was Britt Baker basically having her finisher submission, which is some gross this rings of Saturn where she sticks her hands in somebody's mouth. You'd think a dentist would know about all the damn germs in there. It wouldn't do something so stupid. And there was a roll-up. That's basically like the Ronda Rousey, Becky Lynch finish at WrestleMania. Because, you know, AEW is totally original. Yeah, right. The commentary stopped early here. They went to a wide shot for about 20, 30 seconds. Put a little rock music. And I don't know if the affiliates in Canada here on TSN or if AEW is just not sending proper broadcast notes on and how these cues are. But it's one of the sloppiest cuts to commercial. And it happened multiple times. I'm not going to mention how many times it happened. This is... One of the poorly produced sports broadcasts I've ever watched. And let me quickly list all the sports I've watched. Basketball, hockey, football, NHL, NFL. I feel like I said hockey twice, but I'm Canadian. Give me a, bra- a break. Cricket, Aussie Rules Football, Rugby Union, Rugby League, Formula One, IndyCar, NASCAR. And I could keep going, but you get the idea. It's very, very simple. You cut cleanly to break. You make sure your affiliates know, and you get the hell out of there. We come back. The replay, again, with no graphics, because whoever's producing the show is clearly high, uh, and I envy how little they care about anything. 
We got Jurassic Express finally after three weeks. But of course, at this point, they waited so long that Luchasaurus is hurt. So we got, uh, and by the way, Private Party was ringside because they've already advanced. And, you know, nobody's allowed ringside except the people who have advanced. I don't know. Makes no sense. Uh, they're taking on the Lucha Bros. And by the way, if you wanted to know how bad their music was, it was something like Lucha Bros, Mexican, gibberish. That's it. That was their entrance song. It's practically racist, uh, or at least stupid or stereotypical. Like, who wrote this? A kid? And even that kid, I, I'd want to get him some lessons on, uh, at least a thesaurus or writing more than one verse to a damn song. And, and <coughs> I don't know why these guys came out in samurai gear. Maybe that could have been a cool backstory. But not with the three stooges, JR, Tony, and I still haven't learned uh, Pentagon Wannabe's name. Uh, whatever. Oh my god. We got these guys in the ring. And they went to break. So we came back with a replay with no graphics, saw two entrances, and went to break. Again, wide shot, garbage transition. A, a freaking university student could have directed this better. What a joke. Um, so we get to the match, finally. Uh, Marco Strunt and Stunt. And the guy reminds me of James Ellsworth, but I sure as hell couldn't tell you how tall he was or how much he weighed, which would have been great details to illustrate the narrative because uh, I didn't get that from the commentary team. Maybe they did say it at some point, but I just don't care now. Like, uh, uh, I'll give this guy credit. Marco is a tremendous wrestler. But <clears throat> the spots here, there's so much buildup before he did anything. Even the spot where uh, Jungle Boy comes in and holds the ropes open. Just do the damn splash. You don't need your partner to hold the ropes open for you. So unnecessary and silly. They, they did a picture-in-picture picture in the middle of this match. And I honestly, this was the point where I gave up. And I just freaking skipped it. Because I could see move after move after... But it doesn't matter. Because clearly they don't care. Why should I care? Unbelievable. Uh, of course, the Lucha Bros won. And... We waited three weeks. I waited three weeks. Because I, I actually wanted to see Luchasaurus and this team... And they've been effectively buried. And we'll maybe see them in a month. I don't know. Speaking of wrestlers who we don't get to see, let's talk about some wrestlers that we see way too much. It was Dean Ambrose and Neville. Oh, I'm sorry. John Moxley and Pac. It's almost like they're more known for WWE. Taking on Hangman Page and Kenny Omega. How they have John Moxley on the roster and have used him now only twice is beyond me. I know there's an injury, but... Uh, still the match was okay uh you know we got a video promo from moxley which was pretty good about him talking about not being written off uh after his injury but then it just kept going and i get that you want to give people freedom but give them like a nice tight 90 second 30 second uh break something don't just let somebody go on for two minutes or it felt a lot longer, to be honest. It probably was about 90 seconds. Way too much. Uh, the match ended when uh, Johnny Knoxville... I mean, Johnny Moxley. Uh, John, I believe he prefers. He had packed with the DDT because this team was uh, never going to work. And they... Like, I'm literally texting my mom while we're doing this because I just don't care. Because, uh, of course, as soon as he walked out, uh, Hangman Page and Kenny Omega made short work of him. Why we had this match in the first place 
And why we needed to see Hangman Page again, I have no idea. I don't care. The main event uh, was not timed out correctly. So I could see on my DVR there was all of 18 minutes left in the TV time when they actually started the match. So, so much for um, extra time. I'm going to text my mom again. Back at you, mom. I'll hug you as well. Um, uh, like, if the whole point is that you have TV time remaining, have more time remaining. Like, do not waste an extra two minutes on that tag team match we just... Or any of the damn matches before. So we finally got Darby Allen, who's Alistair Black, if you learned how to skateboard or liked skateboards. Alistair Black might know how to skateboard. I don't know. Ask Selena Vega, because they're dating. He took on Jericho for the world title. And, you know, you know going into this, Darby can't win. It's a street fight, but there's some ridiculous spot where the ref is pushing Jericho off a break. And then there's a, a near fall where Darby Al Allen... Uh, Gets the break from the ropes. But there's no DQ in a street fight. Why is there a rope break? That's not how it works. And why didn't the inner circle come to ringside with Jericho? Jericho then taped Darby Allen's wrist to his back, which was pretty creative. And I actually liked this quite a bit until uh, Tony Schiavone's like, I've never seen anything like this before. Shut up. There's been handcuffs and rings all the time. How's a handcuff different? Like you're describing it like it's handcuffs. Uh, uh, and of course, once it came down to it, Jack Swagger. Oh, I'm sorry. Jack Hagar. It's almost like I'm doing this on purpose. Uh, he, he had one little cheap shot and Jericho got the walls. There is a verbal tap out. The, the rest of the inner circle, Guevara, who I vaguely know, and LAX, who aren't called LAX anymore, came out. They brought out a little bit of the bubbly. Um, but, of course, they ran out of time. So, despite the fact, the thing Jericho has been most famous for in the last two months is a little bit of the bubbly. And this is his second chance to do it. They did not capitalize on that at all. And they went off the air. Great job, AEW. You wasted time with a bunch of bollocks and you didn't have enough time to capitalize on your main event, which was pointless because we're already pitching ahead to Cody Rhodes' title match. So there was no way in hell that Darby Allen, who looks like he's from hell, would win. So listen, I just want to say this. And thankfully, I'm starting not to care. So these are becoming shorter as we go. This wasn't a good week for WWE. This was a week where AW didn't have to put up with a draft on the past two the past two episodes of whether it's Raw or SmackDown. They had a chance to do a pure wrestling show. They didn't have to redistribute their roster. They didn't have to work in celebrity cameos. All they had to do was put on matches and set them up. And they failed. Technically, storytelling-wise, and, and the wrestling could be the greatest wrestling in the world. I probably wouldn't even argue that hard that there's a big difference in quality of wrestling between AEW and WWE but everything else is crap I don't know who half the guys are and I don't and even if I do I don't care about half of this roster even LAX I don't care about I don't care about Hangman Page Kenny Omega and Johnny Moxley they should be in a one-on-one -on -one promo why we're getting this watered down tag team match to, to tide us through uh, I don't know and I got to be honest, if you gave me, if you said, all right, you have to watch every wrestling show from last week, but you can skip one, 
I would skip AEW. I'd rather watch frickin' Main Event and Total Divas again than watch this. In fact, I think I'm gonna go watch Total Divas right now, and I'm sure I'll enjoy it quite a bit more because, you know, I'm invested in Ronda Rousey. I'm invested in Carmella. I'm invested in Sonya Deville. I'm not invested in that <coughs> tag team you couldn't frickin' introduce. I am not invested in Darby Allen, who had no business being the number one contender. The guy basically lost to Cody Rhodes, if not for the time limit, and that was the only reason he was given a shot that I don't know how he won, and then, of course, he lost this match. Completely pointless. Uh, Darby Allen did not become a star on this night. He's just some dude who lost. And this tag team tournament, now I would bet you it ends with Pentagon and SCU. Otherwise, that was totally pointless, because we know the Lucha Bros are going to face... Uh, the private party, and I don't give a crap who the hell SCU is going to face, because I don't remember, I don't really care. So, you know the final has to be Lucha Bros and SCU, and probably the big angle is that Christopher Daniels comes back for that final. Probably. That's it. That was AEW Dynamite. I'd give it like a 5 out of 10. Maybe a 6, because I'm a nice guy, I'm a Canadian guy. I'm not, I'm not even going to promise I'm going to do this next week, because this was just like... This literally felt like I, waste two, I wasted two hours of my life. And with all due respect, uh, there's a couple of people who make some interesting comments and I can have a real discussion with. But most of you guys who comment are idiots. You don't even listen to this thing. And you just insert your default opinions. Ooh, don't make fun of AEW. I couldn't listen to your bad pod because I'm too busy watching this crappy second tier, actually third tier wrestling pro product. Anyways, tweet me at BilalV87 on Twitter. Uh, thank you to all of those who listened, especially this far. Because this is pretty far. And uh, I'll be back on Friday for a look at the new and improved SmackDown after the draft. Uh, and quick shout out to Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross for being traded for future considerations. What could they be? Probably nothing. Never Sleeps Network. This has been a Never Sleeps Network production, executive produced by Alex Ross. For more information and content, visit NeverSleepsNetwork.com.